The Sandman put him to sleep. David Sandlin has a fantastic game as he propels Oklahoma to the College World Series final, awaiting Ole Miss or Arkansas. We'll talk about that on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. matchup here in the first pitch to Jimmy high fly ball to deep right it's got a chance track wall gone Jimmy Crooks a three-run home run into the A&M bullpen and the Sooners strike first in the final four Oklahoma Sooners are within one strike of playing for the trophy Runner at second, two outs. Here's the 2-2. Got him! Swinging! And you can unhitch the wagon! Put the ponies in the barn! The Crimson and Cream will play for the championship in 2022! Unbelievable! Unbelievable! Championship Series. Final score on a Wednesday afternoon in Omaha. It's Oklahoma 5 and Texas A&M 1. And that is the great Toby Rowland on 1400, the ref, the Oklahoma Sports, Sooner Sports Radio Network. Uh, thank you for joining us on a thrilling Wednesday evening recording at few hours after Oklahoma secures their spot in the College World Series final. I'm John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams, and he's Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on the Ref 94.7 in Norman. Josh, what a great, great win that was for the Oklahoma Sooners. The Sandman. Oh, baby, did he deliver. 12 strikeouts. If you had on your bingo card that Oklahoma was going to get back-to-back starts where respectively Cade Horton and David Sandlin were going for career highs in strikeout numbers, probably you would have said, okay, yeah, they're 1-0 in the College World Series, and we're getting that the next two. Go ahead and pencil Oklahoma in. You know what? Throw that pencil away. Give me that Sharpie and go ahead and write down Oklahoma in the College World Series championship final. David Sandlin, for somebody that sparked a little bit of debate in circles amongst the fan base, in the the media about whether or not that should be the option here in Oklahoma's third game of the of this College World Series, boy, David uh, Sandlin was tremendous with the 12 strikeouts. He really had Texas A&M off balance from the word go. And you saw it in the highlight there as well. Great calls across the board, as always, from the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland, Jimmy Crooks, Jimmy Barrels, the big bop early. That helped set the tone, too, for Oklahoma. I thought, John, though, the biggest thing, again, it was the Sandman in this game versus Texas A&M. For him to come out and early establish by striking out the side 
in that first inning. And I think he had five strikeouts through two that it wasn't going to be the type of pitching performance for him that we saw against Texas A&M in the Sooners opening game of the College World Series against Texas A&M on Thursday. He was dominant straight away in those early zeros that he was able to put up onto the board. That paved the way for Oklahoma to, dare I say comfortably, march into the College World Series championship final. Yeah, if you can if you can comfortably walk into a final of any championship, uh, Oklahoma pretty much did that. You know, you talked about Jimmy Crooks. They got the three-run home run in the first inning. And, I mean, that whole first inning was just Oklahoma dominance. The striking at the side in the top half, the three-run home run in the bottom half. And as great as David Sandlin was, to me, the, the biggest moment of the game for him was that fourth inning. And you, can, and you might even be able to argue the sixth inning, but the fourth inning allows the first two runners to get on base, two on, nobody out, and you're like, okay, what are we going to do here? Is this going to be a moment where you know, Texas A&M is able to you know, scratch back into this thing and make it a game? And no, he, you know, he just then goes and strikes out the side there, completely shuts down Texas A&M at that point. And it has to be deflating if you're the Aggies. Like You get two guys on after you've struggled really to get anything going offensively, and then he just slams the door on you. And then in the sixth inning, they get the leadoff home run from Dylan Rock to make it a, a 4-1 game, I believe, at that time. And then what's he do? He comes back and he gets the rest of the side out. No other uh, threatening from the Texas A&M Aggies. And, yeah, a, a clutch performance. Like, this was absolutely huge. I wrote about it on Sooners Wire that this was a bounce-back performance of the ages. In his last start, three and two-thirds innings, gave up five runs. Came in in an, a, re, a relief appearance um, as well and struggled. Only registered one out before giving away to Trevin Michaels. So I was one of the people that wasn't so sure if he would be the best idea. It shows you how wrong I can be. Skip Johnson trusted his instincts, his gut, and really set the Oklahoma Sooners up perfectly for the College World Series final. Now you got Jake Bennett, Cade Horton on full rest. And their bullpen on full rest because you didn't have to go to a Chaz Martinez. You didn't have to bring anybody else other than your closer, Trevin Michael, to finish this game out. Absolutely clutch performance by David Sandlin. And one I think that's going to just go on and live on in, in, you know, Sooners lore for a long time. Like, no matter how this, you know, final goes down and if Oklahoma ends up winning the championship, that's going to be one of the key games and the key performances that really springboards Oklahoma into that spot and and gives them the opportunity to have their lineup and their rotation set up absolutely perfectly for them. And now that we know that Arkansas has forced the, if necessary game versus Ole Miss, you've got the total opposite situation for each of those two ball clubs where both Arkansas and Ole Miss, they're going back to their respective aces in that if necessary game to try and advance to meet Oklahoma. So Sandlin, because of what he was able to do today versus Texas A&M, and not to take anything away from Oklahoma's offense. I mean, obviously uh, the guys that got on the base paths before Jimmy Crooks hits the big three-run home run, and Jimmy Crooks uh, has to deliver the three-run home run for Oklahoma for them to, to go win this ball game the way that they did. Not, again, to take anything away from the, the offense for Oklahoma because they were productive once again. They, they set the tone in their own right, but now – because of what David Sandlin did, yes, you've got it set up to where you've got your 
ace ready to go in game one of the championship final on Saturday. You've got Cade Horton, who you feel great about in uh, his own right after his 11th strikeout performance uh, the other day versus Notre Dame. And then, oh, by the way, the other kind of, you know, maybe under the radar storyline for David Sandlin in, in this is that if it gets to that point versus either Arkansas or Ole Miss in the championship final, John, now there's no debate about who's going to be starting that game with a national championship on the line for Oklahoma. If the championship final goes the distance, it's going to be David Sandlin that gets the ball to try and win Oklahoma national championship based on what we saw today. Yeah. And you even feel good about if you need, if you want to pull him in, say in a seventh inning before you give it to Trevor Michael, you want to bring Sandlin in for a seventh inning to try and like shut the door on whoever you end up playing as your kind of your setup guy. That gives you an option there too. Like if you've got the big, a big enough lead where you don't, think you're going to be going into it, then you can bring him out because he's played a great game. But I think you're right. He's your game three starter. And and Skip Johnson wasn't even sure that Cade Horton would be your game two starter. He kind of alluded to the fact, to the idea, but he's like, I could go either way with one with those guys. I could, I could go with Cade. I could, you know, he'll have five days or four days rest at that point when you get to Sunday. And you could even bring back um David Sandlin, if you need to. So I think you got options. And that's the beauty of what Oklahoma has been able to do in the college world series to this point. It's absolutely tremendous. And the other, the other, you know, thing that you need to note is how well the defense played because there were opportunities for them to, you know, make some great plays in the field. They turned two for Trevin Michael to get out of the eighth inning. Uh, uh, the right fielder, I'm struggling with his name, Robertson, I believe, or, oh man. Sorry, this is terrible. Nicholas, yes, Nicholas made the great running catch as well, uh, just to help them, you know, get a first out in one of those innings, and it was huge. The defense made plays, and Tanner Treadway was—I felt like he was that close to pulling back that Dylan Rock homer. Uh, the defense played tremendous, error-free baseball, where Texas A&M had a couple of errors on the day, and one of them led to a run. So it's huge if your defense can play clean like they did. That's going to be a big advantage in college baseball. Yeah, I mean, any game, right? Who can play a, a clean baseball game, walk themselves? And we've lost Josh's connection here for a second. But he's going to be back with us. Um, Josh, you were talking about just who could play the clean game um, and how that is such a great advantage for, for whichever team is able to play error-free ball. Yeah, I, you could say that it's cliche any single game, right, that you want to be error-free. You want to be the team that's drawing the free passes, which we've seen Oklahoma do that a lot throughout this mm -hmm. season and throughout this postseason run where they've really exhibited a ton of patience at the plate, but especially – on this stage, when you're the team that didn't do what Texas A&M did at first base, where, hey, that's a throw that it was where it needed to be for the Texas A&M first baseman, and instead it turns into an error and allows Oklahoma to plate that extra run, as you mentioned. When you're avoiding those mistakes, and oh, by the way, you're tacking on the types of pitching performances we've seen these last two games from Cade Horton, from David Sandlin. Again, I go back to the opening game where Jake Bennett, sure, he gives up four earned runs, but by and large, he was very, very effective in that. 
when you're getting all of that mixed in together and then the offense is doing its thing, man, Oklahoma right now very much looks like the team to beat going into the championship final. 100%. And we're looking forward to talking about that with you here on Locked On Sooners. Coming up, we got the Locked On Sooners Big 12 Roundtable. But we want to tell you that we are going to be having a great interview coming up this week. Four-star running back commit for the Oklahoma Sooners in their 2023 class, Caleb Hicks, will be joining us for – we'll be interviewing him on Thursday. We'll have that for you either Thursday night or Friday. Usually drops on the YouTube side of things a little bit earlier than it does in the podcast. All the more reason to subscribe to Locked On Sooners on YouTube. Uh, but before we get to the roundtable, I want to talk to you about – Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Easy to eat, 100% covered in chocolate, and it tastes great. And they've got the coconut brownie chunk puff. If you've had the coconut brownie chunk, which that's one of my favorite Built Bars, try the, the, the puff. It's a marshmallowy, great tasting protein bar for you. It's got all of the brownie goodness, the fluff of the marshmallow, and it's fantastic. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and it's all delicious. So go to built.com right now. Use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order over at built.com. Again, thank you so much for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Make sure you tuned in for our interview with Caleb Hicks later this week. Can't wait to get to know him a little bit better like we've done with Jackson Arnold and Joshua Bates. We're going to talk football. We're going to talk his recruitment. And we're just going to figure out what are the things that he likes to do off the football field as well. But for Josh Helmer, I'm John Williams. We'll talk to you next time. Boomer Sooner. It is the weekly Locked On Big 12 roundtable. My name is Josh Neighbors, the host of Locked On Big 12. Jake Hatch is here. He is the host of Locked On Cougars. John Williams is here, the host of Locked On Sooners. Stephen Simcox is here, the host of Locked On Horn Frogs. We're discussing the NCAA football video game returning tonight and also some comments made by ESPN's Jimmy Pataro about the future of the Big 12 Conference in the short term with Texas and OU. We'll get to that and more coming up on today's show. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, once again, uh, everybody, Josh Neighbors, that's me, Jake Hatch, Stephen Simcox, John Williams are all here. Uh, we saw an article today. It was from Desert News, but also it was quoting an article that ESPN's Jimmy Pataro had done uh, where, with Richard Deich over at The Athletic. And he had basically said that OU in Texas will remain in the Big 12 until 2025 he says quote once texas and oklahoma are in we have 16 out of conference games one per team uh well with texas oklahoma it will be 2025 so in 2024 it will be 14 games that's the deal that we struck with the sec a year ago all right so um we actually were talking about this before john and steven are on disagreeing uh, actually opposite sides of this so uh john you think this is just lip service. That's what he's supposed to say. A deal could still get done. I, ostensibly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the narrative is already out there that ESPN has a hand in the realignment that's happening, that this is going to be better for them as a network because the SEC is going to be stronger with these two powers coming over. And for him to – I mean, any, any executive isn't going to give away the plan, right? We didn't hear about any talks, any negotiations – 
about Oklahoma and Texas moving to the SEC until it was already like done. You know, there were they, they it's something that had been discussed like early in the year, maybe in the winter of that year, and then we didn't hear about it until the summer. So it was something that was under wraps. Because ESPN has already kind of been like alluded to have quote unquote orchestrated this by the conspiracy theorists of college football to have a chairman well rational exec- minds but okay yeah, to, <laughs> to have an executive like he's not going to go out there and admit yep we're they're coming in 2023 or even 2024 it doesn't serve him any any good especially if any future lawsuits come against the network for potentially having been involved in orchestrating this move and it doesn't serve Oklahoma or Texas any good in their negotiation for buyouts from the Big 12 if they're wanting to exit early. I still kind of stand on the idea that they're going to leave in 2023. There have been reports that they're going to leave in 2024. It's not a coincidence that those reports came out from the athletic that they were going to go in 2024 or looking to go in 2024. And then not much longer after that, we have an ESPN executive saying, no, 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 it's going to be 2025, guys. Like everybody slow down. There's a reason for all of this. All right, Steven. Yeah, I mean, I think the overall, I think we all agree that this is a dumb situation. Like that's that's sort of the overarching theme of this discussion is that obviously these two teams want to leave. The Big 12 at this point doesn't want anything to do with them because they want to leave. So just get a deal done. Now, I I think there is actually some substance to this. I understand what John's saying that this could just be an executive like reading off the details of a contract, which is what he's supposed to do. But I think this is out there enough that he like, if, if there was sort of a a wink, wink going on, he could at least level with everyone and say like, Hey, we're negotiating this, but here's where it is right now. The fact that he didn't even really allude to that tells me that maybe um, this is more likely than we want to admit. I, I want them gone. And it's not anything against Texas or Oklahoma. Like I get, it was a monetary decision, like, just get out. If you don't want to be here, like, get out. And I don't even care if the Big 12, like, waves the fee and says, just go. You don't have to pay. All right. Money. Okay. All right. Let me, hold on. Let me stop you there. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Yes, you do. That matters for the future of the conference, Stephen. Stephen doesn't, doesn't want the alimony. He doesn't want the child support. Do you know how much money there's? It, 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 isn't it like 50 to $100 million? No, Does it's it it's $150 million. Yeah, it's $150 million, the exit fee. Do you Does know it that go goes? in my pocket? Well, no, but it goes to the school you went to. Okay. Uh, who do you think taking the money? They're gonna, uh, Listen, no, I understand. Like, <laughs> I understand the importance of it. I know the Big 12 is not going to do it. I'm just saying, like, me personally, I think it's dumb that they're even in the conference at this point. So, like, if they waive the exit fee, I get, like, the future of the Big 12. Yes, monetary compensation, blah, blah, blah. I don't know, like tell Heim Barbecue in Fort Worth to put $50 million up. I, they're probably not doing that. Like, make it work. I just like, they don't need to be there. It's a silly situation. Make it work. Make it work. I, I'm not the one paying the expenses. Like, just make it work in my yeah. pocket. It's it's like the same people that are like, that are like, why is, why is so-and-so, this recruit, like, I'm so mad this recruit is getting this much money before he even steps on campus. Why do I care? I'm not paying the money. It's like, I'm out of my pocket. I don't care. <laughs> Man, I'm Jake, Jake, as somebody who is as somebody who's, who covers and sports a team that has come into the conference, do uh, you care about said payments? Because I believe those would also be going in BYU's fund as well. 
yeah, the, the reported buyout for both those schools is between 75 and 80 million. So you're telling me I have a hundred between 150 and 160 million reasons why I should want that. Yeah, I want that if I'm BYU. It's not going so, to you, Jake. Here's the thing. These schools, they need all the money they can get. If the SEC and the Big Ten are going to $100 million payouts over the next three to four years when their media rights deals kick in, the Big 12, what they're expecting is what, 30 to $40 million per school? You can use every dime you possibly can muster. And if they want to pay up for that, take the money, let them bolt. But you're, you're, yeah. you're not letting them out without paying that fund. No, you're not. And also, think about this, think about this too, Stephen. Like, that money – pays for Cincinnati, mm-hmm. uh, UCF and Houston Jordan conference. There's, there's your remaining, you know, if you, if you were to divvy up whatever it is, let's just, I mean, I bet they have to pay a little bit extra. So I think, you know, let's just say the number is 160. All right. Let's, or let's just, let's just say it's even, it even, it even 120. All right. Let's just say it's even 120. 12 schools get 10 million bucks. I believe the, the last number that they owe over the next uh, 12 years is $8 million. That covers it right there. So, you know, Hey, that's what you get for saying those things about, about we don't care about the money. I speak on behalf of the people, the conference. <laughs> you and your private school down there don't know what we're talking about. Hey, you know, I'm some, still some... I still pay my private school every month for the diploma <laughs> I got from them. So if they want to write me a check for my student loan, if they want to write me a check to Ellie Mae, I would gladly take it, but they're not. They're writing a check to TCU, and I'll tell you what, Victor Boschini, you don't need any more money, baby. I love you, but you don't need any more cash. Don't flip me off. I understand the importance of it. I'm just saying it's not coming to my pocket, so I don't care. Nobody likes it's hurting. And if, if Texas doesn't know you want to leave so bad, tell them to write the check. Say write the check and get out, or write, write half the check. I don't care. Well, well, go ahead, John. I, well, I was going to say, and here's one of the aspects of this that I don't think we're discussing enough is that who knows where negotiations are even at or if they've right. even begun negotiations. The big 12 doesn't have a commissioner. Like Bob Bowlesby is on his yeah. way out the door. They're working to get somebody in. There's a good chance. We're not going to see a new commissioner until the middle of July, probably big 12 media days. And that's going to be the guy that's going to be kind of heading right. up those negotiations. And so it's still, I mean, we're still a ways out, I think from anything being finalized, but I mean, yes, the Big 12 wants as much of Oklahoma and Texas as they can get because it's there's cash. There's cash on the table. And Oklahoma and Texas, they want to be in the SEC. There will be a negotiating point that they can come to that works for both sides, that makes this a more amenable exit. I mean, it's all about the money. It's all about the contracts. It's all about what the lawyers are going to be able to, to negotiate when it comes down to it because, I mean, it's it's a lot of money. You know, I know TCU, you've got all the money in the world. You don't need it. Maybe you don't, but maybe Houston does. Maybe somebody like Texas Tech, maybe they want that money, but, and it's going to be a lot of money. Will it be what the, you know, the projection is for the buyout? I don't think so. I think they'll find something that's a lower number. That's, that's going to be more amenable. And we don't, we're not discussing the sooner vision deal that ESPN and Oklahoma just agreed to for the third party rights there either. That's going to have an impact in Oklahoma and Texas's buyout. Well, so me, go ahead, you go, Jake. I just want to add one thing real quick on that is that I think the new schools coming in, they obviously are going to see a massive pay just overall upgrade in terms of what they've been used to. But the other thing about this is, is I think that uh, based on everything we're hearing, Texas can go. 
Texas has got the money. They could they could they could cough up the money if they wanted. Oklahoma and John, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but everything I've heard and read is that Oklahoma doesn't necessarily have that deep of a pocketbook to be able to pay that right now. I think it would be a negotiated number down there. I think the other thing about this is whoever that new commissioner is, if they come in and they're like Stephen and they just want they want them gone, then I think you'll see negotiations negotiations take off at that point. I think it'll really depend on who they select as the new commissioner and what their kind of game plan is. If they, if that's high on their priority list, I think you might see negotiated buyout. I, I'm I, yeah, I think that's the big thing because the one thing that we did see, like we saw, you know, unlike the OU, OU in Texas leaving thing, there was a lot of heat behind uh, behind UCF, um, Houston, and Cincinnati with that buyout, like we, we heard talks about it. We were constantly being updated on that. And so the lack of movement on that front to me says that I think that's what we're waiting for. And look, the big 12 hopes to have that new commissioner in. Um, I think it's to be very curious to see how it all, how it all shakes out. But um, yeah, I, I think we're all waiting on that. All right. Quick word from our sponsors on today's show. Then we're going to talk about some video games. Today's show is brought to you by bet online and BetOnline.net. You guys can go there today, sign up. It's free to do when you all do. Check out, they've got odds for baseball, hockey, uh, NHL, the Stanley Cup Finals are happening right now. 2-1 series, game four is Wednesday night. You guys can bet on that at BetOnline and BetOnline.net. Whether it's MMA, boxing, golf, but not live golf, boo, sad, we don't love that. Uh, You guys can go there at BetOnline and BetOnline.net today. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. All right, so um, we got some news about the NCAA football game via Matt Brown of Extra Points. And he had said, basically, here are the things that you guys need, that everybody needs to know. The goal is for July 2023. Um, The NCAA, the EA, is working with a company called CLC. They handle licensing for, like, most of Division I, if I'm not not, uh, uh, not wrong on that. I believe it's a lot of the schools. Some of them are not with them. But basically, they handle all the licensing for those schools. So if you want to see, you know, uh, Kansas and Kansas State in the game, they probably are handled by the CLC, the same company, just to give you guys an example. They're also trying to work right now on name, image, and likeness for a majority of players. They're going to either be one of two things. Either A, they're going to get a uh, what Matt Brown described as a critical mass of players into the game and then go and get the rest of the individual guys they have to, or it's just going to be randomly generated players and it will not be like NCAA 14 where people could go in and upload rosters because if the NCAA did or EA sports does that, they open themselves up to lawsuits. And they're like, Oh, you know, we had no idea that people would come in. We are, we were blind and we had no idea people would make full rosters with Jaron Hall and, you know, Dylan Gabriel uh, and Chandler Morris. And then we had no clue. No, they'd be on the hook for that. So that's where we are. Steve, with all that in mind, um, will you be getting the game when it comes out? And, is the is the random generated players thing a huge sticking point for you, or do you feel like, or do you feel like I'm just glad to get a game back? No, I'm just glad to get a game back. I mean, I, I would love it at its best, but about six years ago, I bought a used PS2 from a 15 year old in Waco, Texas, for about twenty dollars, and then I went to GameStop in the mall. And I got NCAA 2004 and 2005 for a total of about $6. And it was the best decision I ever made in my life. And I played the heck out of those games. And then I got engaged. And my wife at one point kind of made an offhand comment about how it was really unattractive of her when men just sat and played video games all the time. And so I gave these games in the system to my cousin. 
and it was the dumbest thing I've ever done, and I miss <laughs> it terribly, and I just want NCAA football back. I just want dynasty mode. I want to recruit. I want to build a team. I want to win a national championship with TCU virtually because it's probably the only way I'm ever going to see that, as sad <laughs> as that makes me, and I just want to do it over and over again. So give me the game. Um, yeah, I would love the officially. So you wouldn't version. care if it's just random. You don't care if it's random. I, I mean, yeah, I don't care if it's random players. I want it to be, you know, at its best with the names on the jerseys and the names of the game. But even if it's just randomly generated players, I just want the game itself. I want NCAA basketball back as well. I just want to play like college sports on a video gaming system. John, yeah, I'm I'm pumped. I'm stoked. I'm gonna get it. And I'm kind of like Steven. I don't care what iteration we get it back. I just need to run some triple option. Like, give me some triple option out there, out on the football field. Let me take the University of North Texas, because that was the team I loved to play with. Because I love to, like, build them up, schedule the three powers as my non-conference games, go in there, beat them, just running straight dive and option plays nonstop, and get UNT into the Big 12 by knocking out somebody else and then win national championships. That was a lot of fun. I mean, obviously you could have won with Oklahoma. That'd be a lot of fun too, but there's something about taking something like Akron or UNT and building them into a national power and and getting into the power five and earning your way up the the leaderboard. And so, yeah, I always, one of my favorite things to do was take one of my running backs, either the first or second guy on the depth chart, make him a quarterback and then just run the option nonstop. (laughs) And, and it worked. It, It played out really, really well, but I mean, I remember playing when it was just numbers. Like, you didn't have even yeah, computer-generated games. Yeah, you were just running numbers out there. I think one interesting aspect that EA could engage in is, like, hey, we'll build the rosters. You pay five bucks, and you can have Oklahoma's roster. You pay three dollars. Mm. You can have, you know, University of North Texas or whatever it is. Just another way of, I mean, yes, it's going to be gouging us. Fees, gouging <laughs> us, but I mean, it, it could be a way to get money into the players' hands. It's a little bit, you know, a simpler kind of one for one deal. Like, you know, if they, if you download a roster and a portion of that goes to Oklahoma and it goes to their mm-hmm. players and kind of like the, uh, oh my, the word is escaping me as I just finished my seventh shift in a row. Uh, but just a way of getting a little bit to each one, kind of like they do with records. Like record sales and um, record, you know, studio players. sharing. Yeah, that kind of stuff. I don't know what the word is, but anyway, royalties. Yeah. Yes, royalties. Thank you. Just like royalties, almost like for the players, where right. you know, each download they get a percentage of that. Jake, your excitement level for for everything that we've been hearing about it. I spent more all nighters playing NCAA football than I did in college studying. I can tell you, just <laughs> that's, all you, that's all you need to know. The hat household growing up, NCAA is the soundtrack of my childhood. The mid 2000s run from 2003 to 2006, those versions are the mm. best versions of the game. So the fact that you gave up the 04 and 05 version, Stephen, hurts me in my soul. Just guilty. I, I still have an Xbox 360 that's hooked up to my main TV in my house. I have NCAA 14. I update rosters all the time. I, I mm-hmm. play all the time. Like John, I, I usually select the University of Hawaii and I make them the national power. That's the team I've kind of adopted. But I just, I love this game. Uh, the interesting part about Matt, and I've, I've had some discussions with him about this because I've actually known him for quite a while. Uh, they're hoping to get some sort of, uh, 
a framework where players can sign off to have themselves in these games. The vast, vast majority of these players will sign whatever you want them to sign for however much you'll pay them to have their name in this game. They grew up with this game. They want to have their name back in it. They want to play as themselves. So I am actually expecting at some point before they launch this game that at least some of those players will have signed away the rights to have their name and or likeness and or image and number in these games. Will it be all of them? That question remains to be answered, but I'm hopeful they get it done. Yeah, I think I think for these kids, like a copy of the game. Oh yeah, is is something they should get a hundred percent. And like, I think a lot of kids would take a copy of the game like a hundred bucks. Hey, John, <laughs> you know, the, the one other thing I, I pass along to you guys is I have a deal with my wife. I told her when there was rumors about this game coming back, I haven't bought a new version of a game system since the Xbox 360. Mm -hmm. I have, I, and when this officially becomes official, I guess when the word comes out, she has agreed to let me buy a PS five or an Xbox, uh, whatever the new Xbox is. So that way I can play the game. It's a deal I have with my wife. That's in place. So dude, work on the, work on the terms of that. I know you guys, (laughs) send me the contract. You can run that. You can run a a pair of uh, a copy of that. Uh, by your wife. I think another thing that is, you know, a lot of people are in the weeds on this stuff. So one thing to me, it's going to be really interesting is, are they going to create their own physics engine or are they going to reuse the Madden physics engine? And so for those of you who do not know, the physics engine is basically what the game looks like, how it operates, how it moves, how the players catch the football, how if they run into their offensive lineman, will they be thrown back 10 yards like the old Madden games? Uh, can you turn on a dime or is it more realistic with the turning? The old NCAA video games used to use the Madden physics, the, the previous year's Madden physics engine. And I think a lot of people are going to be, this is something to watch, y'all. People will be clamoring for a new physics engine. Yes, without what we're all saying, we love taking North Texas, we love taking Hawaii, uh, TCU. There will be a riot though if the physics engine like having us having that back in our lives will be great. They do have to they do need to stick the landing. The game does have to be good. And I actually don't think it'll take a whole lot, but I think that's the one area I'm looking at. Is there anything else you guys think is a must-have for the game, whether it be a dynasty mode or improved recruiting? John, I'll go to you first. Oh, Jake, JJ, go ahead. In in the dynasty mode. You've got to have NIL in some form or fashion. I don't know yes. how, you, how you put it into the game, but it has to be a part of it. I don't. It's gonna be. It's gonna be random. We all know that. Like, quarterback X has gotten a million dollar deal from insert. Sparky. Yeah. So you need to you need to integrate that somehow. The transfer portal's also got to be a part of it. So that that those right. are the things that. Those will be very new things that people have to deal with in this version of the game that maybe have played the old versions. That's going to be a new wrinkle to all of this. John, like can, we, can we get real coaches in it? Like, can we get Saban and Jimbo and give them a little bit of personality? Like, hey, Jimbo just said this about Alabama. Nick, how are you going to respond? You know, I don't know. They, they have that for FIFA where it's like, yeah. you know, do you want to criticize the team you're playing this week? And you're like, they're a bunch of bums before That's the right. game happens yeah. and stuff like that. So I think that'd be super interesting. Steven? Yeah, well, what Jake said made me think I would love like a bagman mode. Like, can we get <laughs> – can we get a choose your own adventure where you're trying to pay guys and under the table, the over the table option? Yeah. yeah, you get you get to be in like if you spend enough money, you get to be like a shadow coach and like call some plays. <laughs> like that's fun. I like this idea. I, I think Bagman it, mode would really take it to the next level. Bagman. We call it Phil Knight mode and just have some fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Phil Knight mode. Uh, I mean, 
that's that stuff's going to be really interesting because I I think it's like yeah, how do you handle transfer portal? How do you handle the recruiting stuff with NIL? Um, you know how expansive like like is it almost like a GM mode as opposed to a um, you know just straight up dynasty because. You know, the, the, it was obviously 2014, but it's pretty limited. You know, the, the recruiting's there, yeah. but like it, it wasn't too realistic. It's like, oh, I'm Navy, and I gave this kid enough points, and I got him from Alabama. Yeah. Like that was that was the that was the problem with those old games. I'm curious to see what they do with the um, kind of the road to glory, which was the last one. Um, you know, I think there's a happy medium between having you play 12 high school games and uh you know having you play four or five right so i think there's some things they might cut back on but there's you the one thing i'm struck by guys as i think about this especially the changing landscape of college football the undertaking that it's going to be ea sports knew this was going to be difficult when they when they decided to bring this thing back um from the physics engine to the way college football has changed to the fact that they're making a new game on a you know a game on a system that you know I haven't done eight years and his expectations. I mean, you know, to having to get all the people, not just NIL, but like getting all the kids together and getting they're trying to get the fight songs and they're trying to get the stadiums and they're trying to get we heard specific chants and specific band songs, not just the fight song. I mean, this is an undertaking, but it sounds like it sounds like this has the chance. I mean, it's gonna do crazy numbers when it goes on sale. It's gonna do absolutely insane numbers, but um curiosity is of course I'll be relieved to have it back. Of course I'll be glad to, you know, to be hitting those spin moves again and, and leaving guys in the dust. I, I'm, but there is the bigger part of me is curious of like, how do they do it and how is it received? So I think that's, that's where I'm at. You guys agree? Yeah. Well, and you're right. I mean, it does have to be good. Like we're, it's, it's almost like, uh, like the avatar sequel. I mean, I'm not <laughs> saying like they're the same, but it's been in the works for so long that like if they release it and within a week everybody on Twitter is just killing it because it's you know bad gameplay or not what they expected, then it could go south in a hurry. So it is it is difficult from the standpoint of like there's so much expectation around it, and it, it's that risky thing of do you just keep it where it was, and it's it's almost just like nostalgia for everybody that played it like Jake did back in the you know mid two thousands, or how do you find that medium of like keeping it what it is at its core, but also like finding some new wrinkles to make it more realistic and make it more fun. All right, boys. It's going to be be interesting to see like how people manage expectations. Yeah. This has been the thing. They're too high. Yeah. They're they're already sky high. It's like Top Gun Maverick high, man. Well, and if they can live up to the Top Gun Maverick hype expectations, then it'll hit a home run. But yeah. I mean, there are going to be enough people on there. They're going to pan it because that's just the world we live in now in social media circles. But it, I think hopefully most people are going to be like, it, we're just glad it's back. Right. And then it'll, it'll do well and the kids will be compensated well for it. I think it's going to be great. I, it's yeah. going to be great because it's back. Just simply I, enough, it's back. I think also one thing, you know, last kind of last point on this, and I want to hear what you think, Jake. I think if they give us enough stuff, like cool stuff in the game, we might be able to excuse bad gameplay for maybe a year or two, and then they can slowly kind of ease their way back into making it like a really fun, playable game, I guess. Well, and the, the thing about it is, and I know that they're 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 targeting and releasing it next summer, and I, I I'm all for getting it as soon as possible. But even if they, I'm just gonna say this: if they need to delay it one more year to potentially get it to where they think it needs to be, make sure mm. the players are part of it. 
if they're going to involve coaches, if they want to need to get the, like you said, that physics engine, just get the gameplay itself set. I'm okay with them waiting till 2024. I'll, I'll, I'll be frank. I, I can wait another year if they're going to get it right. But the thing is you got to nail it. And yeah, that's, that, that is, that's the overarching goal with this is you can't have it flop out of the gate. It's a big plane. They got to land it. That, that's really, you know, it's the flaming plane from the third star Wars. They got to land that thing on the runway. Uh, all right, everybody. Um, it was fun as always. Let's time for plugs, plugs, plugs. Steven, where can people find you and your work and all of its variety and potentially condescending comments about other fan bases? <laughs> well, if you hear these dumb takes and you think, man, I want more of that. It's locked on horn frogs uh, is the show at locked on TCU on Twitter. I'm at Simcox Steven on Twitter. Um, and yeah, that's the best place to find us. We're also on YouTube now as well. So subscribe to my channel, please. Congratulations also to John and John. Uh, we might be saying double congratulations again next week. If OU does the diamond sweep, the Sooners Golly. are one game away from the college world series. Golly is correct. Uh, so John, I'm sure you'll be covering that. Where can people find you and your work? Yeah, you can follow the show on Twitter at locked on Sooners and on Facebook, locked on Sooners podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at John nine Williams, Williams. Sorry. Again, seven shifts. Williams. I no longer know how to speak. Uh, at John Nine Williams, you can also read my work covering the Oklahoma Sooners at the Sooners Wire. Also, subscribe to the show on YouTube as well. You guys, oh, can find? Oh, I'll just go right now. I'm, I'm losing my mind. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at lo big twelve. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find the show wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. Jay Cash. Last but not least. Yeah, uh, search out Locked On Cougars Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. It's all the same handle. You can find us there. We're on YouTube wherever. Podcast, just search Locked On Cougars or Locked On BYU. We found out if you actually still search Locked On BYU, it pops up that way as well. So it should be easy enough to find. If you want all of my thoughts on all things sports, my personal Twitter handle, you can find me, Jacob C. Hatch is the handle. Gentlemen, it was a pleasure to talk to you all. We'll see you guys next week.